just as we come to God's Word. I just I know it's a very sober message that the Lord has given me for tonight, and I would just ask if we would just settle our hearts and just if we can refrain from going in and going out just to the end of the service, just allow the Lord to work in our midst tonight and pray for the Lord's help in all of these matters. Let's pray together. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just bow on your presence tonight. We ask for your help and for your anointing and for the power of the Holy Spirit to come to settle our hearts. Lord, I pray for all distractions to be taken away. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would shut us in with yourself. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those that do not know you in this meeting tonight, that you would, Lord, prick their conscience, cause them, Lord, to hear, cause them to be awakened out of the the slumber and the sleep of sin. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears tonight to hear, open our eyes tonight to see, and Lord, would you soften our hearts to receive your word tonight. Lord, we thank you that this is a day of grace. Lord, that the door is opened, and Lord, that the voice of the Savior is still bidding men to come. And Lord, we pray tonight that they would hear not so much the voice of a preacher, but the voice of Jesus, that you would draw them unto yourself. Lord, would you anoint us both to preach your word and to hear it. And Lord, would you save souls. Would you convict men and women of sin, of righteousness, and the judgment that is upon us. Lord, we realize that we deal with eternal matters tonight. We realize, Lord, that we're dealing with life and death of heaven and hell of eternity. And Lord, we want to be careful to handle those things, Lord, with sobriety. But, oh God, in truth and in love, Lord, we pray that you would help us tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, now just to set the picture for those who don't know, Samuel the prophet of the Lord is standing in the house of Jesse and and Jesse's sons are being brought before him and the Lord would appoint a king, anoint a king in his house. And Samuel at this point had gone through all the the sons of uh, Jesse bar one and the one that we will just look at briefly is David the shepherd boy. But if you follow this reading tonight, there are two verses that are beside each other. One is so wonderful to see the purpose and the plan and the anointing of God. But one is so dreadful and so sobering and so terrible that it should cause us tonight just to be very careful in reading through the Scripture and allowing the Spirit of God to bring the truth, the reality of God's Word to your hearts Verse 11 says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And listen to these wonderful words. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. 
And this is a lovely picture. This is a beautiful picture of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read that in the Gospel of John. But as you read on here, it tells us that Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. In verse 14, I want you to listen to these words. Just If I could have your attention just for a few moments. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit permitted by the Lord would trouble Saul. Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning player on a harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from the Lord is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and you'll be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well. Bring him to me. Then answered one of his servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse that left Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. No, there's verses. There are verses. The whole Bible is God's inspired word. Then there are verses that we come to often in Scripture that causes and should cause us to pause for a minute. Verses like, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. There are other verses like if you go into Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, another verse that should cause us just to pause for a minute. This is what it says, And the Lord said, the Lord said, My Spirit, my Spirit, shall not always strive with man. I know that every believer in this place, when we read such verses, it, it sends something of a reverence or a holy fear to the reality of the truth of God's Word that my Spirit, God said this, shall not always strive with man. Here we see in this house Samuel the prophet taking the horn of oil and anointing David and the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. And then we read at the same time as this wonderful blessing comes upon the shepherd boy David, then we see at the same time, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit 
permitted by the Lord, troubled him. The word depart simply means to turn away from. God turned away from Saul. In Judges chapter 16 and verse 20, we read of one of the great champions of Israel, a man who had experienced the power, the anointing, uh, what we would say the anointing of the Lord upon his life. A spirit of God was upon him, seen many great victories in the Lord. And then we read of his life as there was a seductive power in the form of Delilah that would persuade and influence Samson constantly until the day came that Samson would reveal to her the secret of his power. And we remember the story that she shaved his head and took away the power that was upon him. And then it says in Judges 16, verse 20, listen carefully. She said, Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out like other times. I will shake myself. And then this is what the scripture says. Listen carefully. Here's another one of those verses. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Listen carefully. He wist not. He wasn't aware that suddenly at that moment the Lord departed from him. How did a king ever get to this place? How did a king who had experienced the anointing, I'm talking of Saul, who had experienced the anointing, who had prophesied, who was anointed to be king of Israel, how did a king, how did he ever come to the place that we read in the scripture that the Lord departed from him? Do you know, I want to just make this very simple tonight, but when the Spirit of the Lord departs from a man, when, a, when the Spirit of the Lord departs from a man, the end thereof, the end thereof, brothers and sisters, listen, and friend tonight is not saved, or even those that possibly once walked with the Lord, I just beg of you to listen to me, but the end thereof is always death. There's a way that seems right on the man, but the end thereof, it's death, it's destruction. It never ends well, no matter how it might feel at the beginning, but it never ends well, ever. Never How did this man ever come to a place where we read that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and now he's troubled? He's troubled. There's a lot of troubled people. There's a lot of, you know what that word means? Tormented in their minds. There's a lot of people today that are tormented in their soul. They're tormented individuals. They live in fear. They can't face the day. They can't sleep. They can't wake up. They can't lie down. They can't wake up. They can't stand up. They can't do because their minds are tormented. They're troubled. And Saul lived a life like this. 
a troubled soul. The end of his life is tragic. We read it in Scripture how it ended for Saul. It's nearly, can you even believe that this was once a man under the anointing and the, and the power of the Spirit? He was a man that prophesied. But the end you can read and just, for time's sake, I'm not going through his whole life, but in 1 Samuel chapter 31 and verse 6, because it's important to know the end. You've got to know the end and the decisions to depart and leave God and live your own life and do your own thing. But there is an end thereof. There is an end to all of this. And look at his end. Here's a king who had experienced the anointing of the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 31, if you turn to it, And you'll see the full workings of the powers of darkness. Satan himself, the thief who has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. 1 Samuel chapter 31 and verse 6, it says these words. Not only did it affect Saul, but it affected his family. The decision made by Saul affected his sons. So Saul died, 1 Samuel 31 verse 6. And his three sons, and his armor bearer, and all his men, the same day together. What a tragedy. What an awful tragedy. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the side of the Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. Verse 8 says, And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head, stripped him of his armor, and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to the wall of Beth Shan. Listen, if, if you want to see a picture of what the devil does, what the enemy does to a life that turns from God, let me tell you, here is the purpose and the plan of the devil for all those who are making the decision not to live for Jesus. His purpose and plan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Look at Saul. Here he is, the great king. But now he lies, he plunged his own sword into his own chest and now the enemy comes, strips him of all his dignity. You know, the enemy will strip you of your dignity, of your integrity, of everything of what you are. He'll strip you. Do you think, brothers and sisters, tonight, and only by the grace of God, and such were some of we, but do you think tonight when you've, Find a a wee drunkard in the street or a prostitute in the street or a drug addict in the street. There but for the grace of God go anyone in this room. And such were some of you, me. That's what we were. But we're washed in the blood tonight. We're cleansed by the power of the blood. We've been delivered by the power of God. And the grace of God has sustained us. But here he strips all of his armor. Everything that he trusted in is stripped from him. His head is separated from his body. He's kneeled up and hung up in the idol, in the temples of which they worshiped their idols. He was a public spectacle for all of hell to laugh. This is King Saul. 
This is the one that was the king of Israel who had the anointing upon his life, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. How did it come to this? How did it come to this? Can I show you where it started? If you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, and just the first verse, I want you to listen very carefully for a few moments tonight. 1 Samuel 15, verse 1. Samuel said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken. Listen, see that word hearken? It simply means to listen. To heed. To attend to. To give attention to. Hearken now to the voice of the words of the Lord. How did it all begin? Saul heard the voice of God. God spoke to Saul like God has been speaking to people in this room for weeks, months, and possibly even years, time and time again, the Savior has been speaking to you. He's been drawn to, how do you know God's speaking to you? There's a desire that's created in your heart in the midst of all the trouble, but way down deep in the depths of your heart, the Holy Spirit will create. It's like a desire that you know that this Christ is real and you want to give your heart to Jesus and God continually draws by His Spirit under the sound of the gospel and you feel the drawn, but you must make a choice and a decision what to do to obey His voice. Saul thought, believed, that he only had to partially obey the voice of God. Somehow or another, I can sort of make it my own way. And what's very popular today is that I can make a God of my own understanding and imagination and I like the parts of the Bible and I really appreciate that he died for me and there's a cross and there is a heaven and everybody wants to go to heaven but you see the Bible says there's a straight gate and there's a narrow way and everybody comes the same way. There's repentance of sin. You know, people say often, it doesn't work for me. But there's repentance of sin. There's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in your heart, and the Bible says you shall be saved. But Saul thought, Saul believed that in some way he could, in some way he could just simply make his own type of decision. He could sort of go halfway with God, sort of stay close, if you like, could have said this way, stay close to the church ideas. Say, stay close to the church family and enjoy the blessings of that, but still keep out and do my own thing. It's a tragedy, brothers and sisters. He heard the voice, and many of you have heard the voice, but he would not heed the voice. He refused to obey the Lord. And this is popular today. Do you know what the Bible calls it? This is what the Bible calls it. When men 
will only partially, partially obey the voice. This is what the Bible says it is. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23. Just stay with me tonight if you could. 1 Samuel 15, 23. This is what the Bible calls it. The Bible says, for rebellion, because that's what it is. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee to be king. It's witchcraft. That's what the Bible says. Rebellion against God's word. We live in a rebellious world, a rebellious society. And the Spirit of the Lord, it tells us, departed from him. Listen to this. But an evil spirit from the Lord began to trouble him. And most believe God, because we know God's not evil, but we know that God permitted an evil spirit to come and to trouble his life. What does he do then? Look at Saul's life. Look at how he copes. Because you might think, well, that's something that happened years and years ago. It doesn't happen today, but it happens. It happens all around us every day, every week, and it happens in churches all across this land. Verse 16 says, Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee. Find someone. We've got to find something to soothe the troubled spirit. Find someone. Seek out a man who is cunning and playing a harp. And it shall come to pass when you're troubled. When the evil spirit is upon thee, he'll play with his hand and you'll be well. Listen very carefully tonight because this is important. The amount of people that we would meet so often that aren't saved that don't love the Lord, that haven't made a decision for Christ, but listen to gospel music and listen to great hymns and love the worship and play the songs. Why are they doing it? Because it soothes their troubled soul. There's power in music. God created music. And he knows it has a profound effect upon that human soul. And so Saul now wants, as a word, to listen to the gospel songs. He wants to listen to the worship. He wants to listen to the songs that bring peace to a troubled heart. But he doesn't want the Christ of the song. A few years ago, a good few years ago, I visited a woman. And this woman was deeply troubled. But you know, all day and every day, what she sat and listened to, the gathers. I'm not saying that was wrong. That's, that's a good thing to listen to gospel music. But brothers and sisters, she was trying to find something that would soothe or settle her spirit. Because the power in music and the power in anointed music and the power in gospel music, the power in the sense of worship is an awesome thing. God has created us to worship Him. 
And so when we begin to worship him, God comes down. And even those that are not saved sense the presence of the Lord. You may not understand it. You may not be able to grasp it. But you sense that there is a peace in the music because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And how many come close to experiencing the presence and the anointing and the power and the reality, but they don't want who we're singing about. And so Saul's troubled, and he sends for David, a man with the anointing upon his life. You go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23. Saul says to Jesse, says, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me. For he hath found favor in my sight. And, if it, and, and it came to pass when the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul that David would suddenly take the harp, play with his hand. What happened to the soul? This is a man who the spirit of the Lord had departed from. But Saul's soul was refreshed and was well. And the spirit departed from him when he sat under the ministry of the anointing of Good spiritual music. There was something that settled his spirit. There was something that soothed, as it were, calmed his demons. It was like a temporary relief from the trouble. But then they leave from the presence of the Lord. And then there's the trouble and the torment in the mind. Living a troubled life, a troubled soul. Awake in the night hour. No rest. No peace. Troubled in spirit. Troubled in soul. Troubled in mind. Tormented. How many love to sing the songs of San? How many love to hear the anointed worship and the skillful music and the anointing upon the music that brings comfort and a sense of reality and peace? But when the music ends... They go out into another terrifying place of trouble and torment. Why? Because they do love the songs, but they don't want whom the songs are all about. They don't want this Christ. Is music not such a powerful thing, isn't it? Isn't music an awesome and a powerful tool? 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 7. We read here of this tormented soul. As David is increasing in strength, the Lord is using his life. 1 Samuel 18 and verse 7. And the women answered and played one to another. Saul is slain his thousands. David is ten thousands. And here's a troubled soul. Saul was wroth. And he said, they've ascribed unto David ten thousands. To me, they've ascribed thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from the Lord God came upon Saul. He prophesied into the midst of the house, and David played with his hand at other times. And here's a man sitting filled with bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness. Because, friends, I want to tell you something. The devil won't leave you alone. He'll torment you. He'll fill you with bitterness. He'll fill you with hatred. He'll fill you with everything. And now David is playing for him, but the very one that's playing the musical instrument for him 
Saul has the javelin in his hand and he's about to react with all the vengeance and anger that's within him and fire it at David. The Bible says David avoided out of his presence, not once, but twice. Here's a tormented soul. The Bible says simply, it was because the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. My mom has told me this story, and I think I've shared it before. Years and years ago, W.P. Nicholson had a mission in, in Belfast, probably one of the great, greatest evangelists that this country has ever seen, as far as we know, as far as reading the, the, the testimonies from his life. So we have the great preacher, the great evangelist, and the anointing of the Lord's upon him. And it was my mom's dad, my grandfather, Spence, he was a saved man, brought his brother-in-law, uh, it would have been my great-uncle, Jim Hayes, my mom's uncle. He wasn't a saved man, brought him to the mission. As far as I can remember, my mom would keep me right, but my granddad Spence would have brought him to the mission each night. And it is said that under the preaching of the gospel and under the sound of the unsearchable riches of Christ, Jim Hayes sat in that meeting and trembled with conviction. He heard the voice of the Savior night in and night out. I think it was for up to a couple of weeks if I remember right. And each night he came under conviction. Each night he heard the truth of God's word the greatest preacher our country's known preached the gospel with the anointing. And there's a man sitting under the sound of the gospel, hearing the voice of God, as it were, in conviction, under conviction and in the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you something? This is so important. After two weeks, he left those meetings. And as far as we know, as far as we know, lived the rest of his life, and never, never made a decision for Jesus. You see, it's a wonderful thing to be convicted of sin. It's a wonderful thing to hear the sound of the Savior. It's a wonderful thing to know that God is speaking to you and drawing you. It's a wonderful thing to know that you're lost and you need to be saved. It's a wonderful thing to hear and feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit that tonight if you hear His voice, you're not to harden your voice. It's a wonderful thing to sense the presence of God in the worship and in the singing and the praises of God. It's a wonderful thing to be amongst God's people. But the Bible says, My spirit shall not always strive with man. If God's speaking to you, if God's drawn you, if God's dealing with your heart, if you know that God is, is speaking into your heart tonight and God has been speaking into your heart, you know the Bible says today if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. Because you might live the rest of your life but you cannot, you cannot be guaranteed that you'll get another opportunity. And here's Saul. 
tormented. Here's Saul troubled. Here's Saul, a troubled soul. Here's a man experienced the anointing of the Lord in his life. You know, the Bible tells us, just so that you know, because the reason, because I'm guaranteed of this tonight, I believe from God's Word, I believe that every person in this room God's still speaking to. I don't believe there's one human, and this is what I believe, in this room tonight, under the sound of the preaching of the Gospel, that the Spirit of the Lord has stopped striving with. That's why you're here. That's why you're in this meeting. There's a little verse in Revelation that says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. That Jesus knocks on the door of hearts. That Jesus knocks on the door of lives and says, If any man hear my voice, if you hear God speaking to you, drawing you tonight, a warmth or a drawn in your heart, a need to get right with God. If any man hear my voice, it's not just enough to hear his voice. It's not enough just to hear his voice. You must do something. Any man hear my voice? And he opens. And he asks. He says, Lord, come in. The Lord says, I'll come in to him. I'll sup with him and he with me. God's speaking tonight. God's speaking tonight. If you hear his voice, praise the Lord. Number two, will you open the door and will you let him in? Will you open the door and let him in? Let's pray together. Amen.